Friends, we celebrate today the feast of Pope St. Leo the Great. He's a doctor of the church. Uh, he lived in the fifth century. And uh, yeah, he's, he's important. He's really important, in fact, um, because through him and through his ministry in the office of Peter, the Pope, we know a lot more about Jesus. And by the way, that's how we know about Jesus is in and through the church, okay? So for example, do you know the, I'm sure all of you know your ecumenical, ecumenical councils, right? Right, of course you do, right? Of course, you like wake up every morning, you're like, thank God for Nicaea, the council of Nicaea. And thank God for the council of Constantinople, right? The, the, the four big ones actually, this is why the institutional church is important, right? Sometimes there's, people wanna drive a wedge between like the institutional church and then how people live their faith. You can't in the church, you can't do it because we can't have a personal experience of the Lord without the faith actually being transmitted and translated to us in and through his body, the church. And that church requires an institution, right? So for example, Council of Nicaea, happens 325, everybody knows that. You all know that, right? You wake up every morning, you're thankful for it, right? What's defined at the Council of Nicaea? That Jesus is God, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, consubstantial with the Father. All the things that we say on Sunday, it's the Nicene and Constantinople Creed. Council of Constantinople, 381, everybody knows that. You all know that, right? You're like, oh yeah, Constantinople, thank you, Lord, right? What's defined there is that the Holy Spirit is God, right? The Cappadocian Fathers, St. Basil, St. Gregory of Nazianzus, St. Gregory of Nyssa, right? They help, they're the instruments that the Lord uses in the institutional church to pass on divine truth, that the Holy Spirit is God, that he proceeds from the Father and the Son, the Lord, the giver of life. That's why it's called the Nicene-Constantinople Creed that we pray on Sundays, right? Uh, Council of Ephesus, 431, everybody knows that. Like, oh, thank you for the Council of Ephesus. I think about it every day. What's defined there? That Mary is Theotokos, not just Christotokos, that she's the bearer of God, not just the bearer of Christ, the anointed one, but that she's the bearer of God. Mary is the mother of God because Jesus is fully divine, right? And then today, Pope St. Leo, he presides over the Council of Chalcedon, 451. You all knew that. Everybody knows that. You woke up today, right? Probably most of you were like, oh, 13 more days till the feast day of Pope St. Leo the Great, doctor of the church, I can't wait. Council of Chalcedon. What does the Council of Chalcedon teach us? The hypostatic union. That Jesus is one person with two natures. Perfect natures. One person with full human nature and full divine nature. That Jesus is God, fully God, and man fully man that's huge that is huge 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 
for every one of us in our personal lives, in our personal experiences of Jesus, to know that he's fully God and fully man. And we don't have that truth except through the church, except through the institutional church that teaches that truth to us, that he's fully God and fully man. Why is that so important? Simply because of this. Bishop Barron does a great job explaining this. That Jesus has to be fully God and fully man for us to be saved. If he's not fully God, he can't save us. If he's not fully man, he can't save us. Do you get it? That Jesus' divinity is what allows him to save us. He's the Savior. We can't save ourselves. No matter how good we are, no matter how virtuous we are, we can't save ourselves from our sins. So God has to. He has to intervene. God has to save us. But if he's not fully man, he can't save us. He can't save us because he has to be that bridge that connects the divine and the human. And Jesus is. He's the great mediator. He's the Pontifex Maximus, the great bridge between heaven and earth. And that makes all the difference, my friends, because God is not distant. No, he's not distant. Even though he's all-powerful, he's not distant to us in and through the incarnation. No, he comes to us. And he's not just a good man, Jesus walking around, not just a kind moral teacher. That's what a lot of the secular world would say if they acknowledge him at all. Oh, he's just another good religious founder, maybe a good moral example. That's not enough. Good people can't save the world. But Jesus is more than just a good man. He's both a good man, perfect in his human nature, and He's divine. God and man. The hypostatic union. Defined formally and forever by the Council of Chalcedon. Pope St. Leo the Great. It's all beautifully orchestrated by God. It's the gift that he gives to us in the church. To know the truth and to have it passed on to us so that we actually know who we're coming into contact with when we come to Mass. God himself, yes, but God who loves us so much that he became one of us. And then you get this great gospel, God who wants to heal us. See, Jesus, he heals. He heals because he's God, but he heals us because he came to earth. The all-powerful, almighty God who becomes one of us, to be with us, to set us free, to heal us, to save us. We should be grateful today for the great example, the witness, the courage, too, because Pope St. Leo the Great lived a courageous life in a crazy time. The courage of Pope St. Leo the Great. But even more so, we should be thankful to God for the church, for the way that he has orchestrated it, institutional and personal. The way that he teaches us who he is in and through his church so that we can know him and know his power to save. Pope St. Leo the Great.
Pray for us.